In this episode, I talk to a group of Steps fans to discuss the debut album Step One. I also take a look at Big Brother, best shows ever. Was it great? Well, let's find out in the 90s and noughties podcast with me, Jamie Dyer, a podcast for 90s and noughties pop culture from a UK perspective. Here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can email 90sandnoughties at outlook.com. You can tweet at 90s and noughties UK on Twitter. Or you can go to the Facebook page, which is just simply 90s and noughties UK. And breathe. Welcome to the podcast. And before we get started on this week's episode, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all the kind comments I received about the first one that I released last week. Now, if you didn't hear it, it was on the Renford Rejects. And we had an interview with Bill Homewood. And we also spoke to Tom Weller as well. And... I have had some wonderful comments about it and people really enthusiastic about that episode in particular and the podcast in general. Now, as I said last week, and I just want to reiterate it here, just in case you're tuning in expecting to hear the same, I always plan to return to the subject at a later stage, whatever the subject may be. So, Just because we've covered it doesn't mean that it's completely gone forever and never heard of again because there's always different ways of looking at it and there's so much to delve into. And certainly with the hour-long slots that I've got to do this, um, it wasn't long enough to cover that show for that length of time, as it would be for, for anything. There just isn't enough time. So, yeah, we will return to that at a later stage. So, on to... This week's show, it's a slightly different format, and I thought when I was coming up with the idea of it like this, so I've spoken to people that were there, that that, um, that were, were working on these programs, the actors, the singers, you know, that, that sort of thing. But what about the people that were watching those TV shows or buying those records? And so I came up with the idea of the 90s and noughties roundtable, which is simply this. I gather together a group of fans, either general pop fans or of a specific act or artist, and we discuss a certain element of their career. So today, I have gathered together a group of fans of the band Steps to discuss the album Step one. Now, the people that we gathered together were absolutely wonderful, and you'll hear from them in a minute. And I realize that not every listener out there is going to be a Steps fan, but I, I was enthralled by it. I am a Steps fan myself, and I love, um, but I can appreciate at the same time that if you aren't a fan, this could still be, it's still interesting. It's always interesting hearing fandom at work. So 
yeah, that's that's the 90s and noughties roundtable. And um, before we get to that, later, I will be having a look at uh, Big Brother, Best Shows Ever, that recent E4 show presented by Rylan and Davina. Was it any good? And did it really show the real Big Brother? Well, you can either skip forward past the roundtable, which I advise you not to do, or you can listen through it and uh, come back later for it. So, yeah, allow me now to introduce this roundtable. And if anyone's got any ideas for any future roundtables, then please do get in contact via the email, the Twitter, the Facebook, all the ways of getting in contact with us. Okay, so without further ado, let's have the first 90s and Nauties Roundtable. Today I'm joined by several Steps fans to talk about their album, their debut album, Step One. Um, thank you to Gary, Chris, Paul and Sarah for joining us today. Uh, Gary, tell us um, how you got into Steps. I was about two and I went to visit family and my nana, my mum's mum, um, put on five, six, seven, eight. Um, she thought, oh, let's put that on for Gary. I'm sure he'll like it. And Gradually, when I was about three, four, the Steps um, tour video, which was the next Step tour video that came out, my mom came out and with me to get the video, and I watched it. And ever since, I have been a Steps fan after watching the live video. I thought, that's me, hooked. I was six when Steps got together, and Steps is all I've known. Steps is all I've loved. I still love them now. Um, I was nine when I first went to the first ever concert. Uh, I went for my birthday. Um, it was a birthday surprise for my mum. She hid the tickets for months in kitchen drawing and I never knew all about it. Um, but yeah, Steps have got me through some pretty dark moments in my life. Um, if I've ever felt down, I just stick on an upbeat steps song and I dance along and just forget all my worries. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit ancient because um, I, I, <laughs> I was at school, um, I was about 13 at the time. And um, how I got into steps is my, my best friend who's also called Chris, who was at school, uh, we did music um, for GCSE, but we really couldn't be bothered to go to the classes. So we actually went to the music rooms and he played this album. I, I went, who is this? And um, he played the steps album. I went, oh, it's amazing, tell me more about it. And then he told me there was dance routines for each song, and then I was just hooked. So for the rest, I think for two years, where we were supposed to do music work, I was just in a music practice room dancing to all the Steps um, songs. And I've just been hooked ever since. Um, like, like we were saying before, it's, you know, it gets you through uh, bad times, good times. And um, yeah, I've been hooked and, and spent a lot of money on concerts and merchandise, let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, it got me hooked. So I was like Chris, I was 14. Um, and I, w I was a fan of Cotton Eye Joe. And then 5678 came out and it's like, wow, this one's got a routine, let's do this. And then it was the one song that I played over and over and over again. And my mum was like, get that off! I'm fed up of hearing it, get rid of it. But no, I loved it. But then everything else happened and it just made it even better. <laughs> 
<laughs> but five, six, seven, eight for me, it was amazing. Listening to, to step one, I don't know how many of you have listened to it in full quite recently, I'm sure. Very much so. Um, I noticed, obviously, there was no tragedy on it. And, of course, that was one of their no. early singles. It no. was. The only reason that it wasn't on the album, because it was a double A side. And it was out. It was the first single of 1999. And it was um, Tragedy and Heartbeat. And after that, you had... It was weird how they worked out the singles. I noticed that pattern quite a lot with Steps because they had a lot of double A sides because I do tend to watch a lot of their documentaries and their interviews from past years just to catch up because I am the youngest. I'd like to think I'm the youngest here, so I had a bit of catching up to do when seeing Steps and that. And they said they did a lot of double A sides and the way they did their first and second album, they kind of switched singles. So when Tragedy came out, that was technically the first single from Steptacular. But then you end up going back to, oh, I think it was Bear Best Forgotten. Yeah. It, it, was weird. It, it was weird how they did it. So I totally totally agree where you're coming from, where when they had Tragedy come out. It was also yeah. the same with, it was also the same with Better the Devil You Know. Yeah, that was on the third album. Yeah. That but it was out. Say you'll be mine, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was from the second album. Yeah, which was weird. It was really weird. Very yeah. weird. I think what was really interesting about um, Heartbeat Tragedy, because um, obviously, yeah, Tragedy wasn't on Step One. Um, it was on some versions around the world. They added it on. I think uh, it was on Japan's. I believe it was. I yeah. do believe it was on Japan's. Can't get the CD anywhere. I've looked up and down <laughs> for it. Australia found as well. it. I found it last year on eBay at Christmas, and I was like, I can't afford it. You know, just, you know, some fans just try to like overcharge for things. I think it's very upsetting for fans that don't maybe don't have the the luxuries of going out and buying a Steps album. So it's good to see that we've got like so Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, and all that, and people can listen to the music more freely yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But others back. God, 10, 15, nearly 20 years ago, it was like CDs, cassettes, and trying to get them was quite a mission. <laughs> quite a mission. It is, but, it is interesting with, with, with Heartbeat, because Heartbeat Tragedy, when Heartbeat, the single supposed to come out, obviously they made a big push for Heartbeat. If you go back to the original advertising definitely. for it, it was, it was posted Heartbeat, new single featuring mm-hmm. Tragedy, and they yeah. put a lot of money into the video, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's the best video they've ever done, <laughs> but um, it was a lot of money. And tragedy, obviously, the video for that, they had all of their families come along. So that was all the extras. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a, more of a, a low budget. But it turned out, obviously, that tragedy became the biggest song out of the two. And it was almost like, OK, by heartbeat, this is tragedy. And that's kind of what I think imploded them around the world even more than what oh, they already yeah, were. Definitely. Like a US single. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody knows at the end of every concert, tragedies played. Apart yeah. from one mm-hmm. concert, it's not happened. But, um, yeah. yeah, it became the biggest song out of two. Mm-hmm. I'm probably their biggest song. Mm. <laughs> quite possibly. I'd like to. I'd quite like to think it's their biggest song, but I, there may be some dis, maybe some disagreements because I had to do feel like the new music. I do. I don't know if it's as strong as it's the back catalogue, but. 
obviously you need to look to the future now for steps. I think it complements the back catalogue. Yep, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, the one one thing I noticed, obviously, I, I don't remember any other bands doing this at the time, but the beginning of step one, they had that step tro on the UK version. I, yeah, loved I, it. I was loved thinking it. that yesterday. Um, the only album I had with an intro on back in the day was TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, mm-hmm. and that wow. was something completely different to what steps are or were back then. I mean, well, ever will be, but... It, it was the only other one I had an intro on an album to. And I found it quite strange, and then it, it was what it was, and it led to the uh, mm-hmm. last thing on my mind, which was brilliant. Which was great, but then it turned that 12-track album into 11 tracks. And I was like, exactly. oh, okay. This exactly. is the, the brand-new 12-track album from Steps, debut album. <laughs> 11 songs have a different intro, but... You know, I think I think going back to like the intros, I think a lot of artists have done it since. Since, um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of like, and now they do like interludes. Um, so I'd like to say that Step started it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sarah, what's your favourite track on that first album? Um, I like the more obscure ones. So I like Love You More. Um, I really love that track. It should have been a um, single. Should have been a single. Yeah, definitely. It should have, yeah. should have been a single. H yeah. has been saying it for years. He's been saying it for years. He wished it was a single back when he had Absolutely. it out. They need to release it now. I heard the original and I thought it was all right. But when I heard Steps version, I was like, yeah, I love Sunscreen. I love their version. I'm not going to dislike it because it was their song. As they didn't release it, Steps, when you have covered it. So I'm, I'm kind of glad they did release it, but I think the Steps one had more of a punch in Massively so. And the party on the dance floor remix was just phenomenal. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> oh my God, I was screaming on the top of my lungs. Oh my God. Love you more fun. is oh, epic. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I just didn't want it to end though, because obviously they did it as part of the medley, and I was like, no, let's have the full, no, full yes. like, oh, remastered no. version, the remix version. But I'm glad that, you picked Luffy Ball because I really absolutely agree with you. Fire that remix. Was that fire. one, I because they mixed it in with Love You More, You'll Be Sorry, and um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Love's got a hold of my heart. And after the love has gone, yeah. Love is gone. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, and he did the. When they did the tour, they did the, the, the arm thing to finish it off. I thought, oh, my God, they're bringing me back to my child days. They were giving me life. I find on the album Love You More is a brilliant relief from the from experienced and too weak to resist and then back to you, which is all right. But then you've got Love You More and it's wow. Back yeah. to amazing again. Yeah. Yeah. It's more up-tempo. I'm sorry for those people that are fans of the 7, 8 and 9, but I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> they've only ever done week um two week to resist once and it was on their steps the video mm. the step one video when they did it once in the clouds yeah i loved that video as a kid that was my prized possession anybody touched that video i would mm, <laughs> i would i would I would, I would lose it I so did i i don't have it anymore Oh, I love watching it back because I think I used to watch this all the time and I used to think, um, I, I don't know if everyone's seen the video, but clearly you have. Um, but I used to think that Claire cooking pasta a la carte was like the biggest meal you could ever, ever get. <laughs> Wasn't I it? made uh, it. Definitely. <laughs> my mum made it. 
<laughs> me and my mum made it. The night I never I, did. I don't like pasta. Oh, I love pasta. I would die before to I absolutely love my pasta. Me and my mum, the night before steps, party on the dance floor. My mum's like, what you want for dinner? I said, can you make me my clever I have a pasta. She's like, are you sure? I said, it's very filling. I was like, yeah, I want to have a steps meal before tomorrow. I said, would you want me to make it for you tomorrow? I was like, no, not going to have time. I need to get to the hydro. That's what they should have done in the tin, the spaghetti tin. I loved it. Oh, my God, they need to bring it back. They need to bring it back. That was my childhood meal. I was a bit, I don't know, about six. And my mum said, what do you want for tea? I was like, steps past the ham and chips. That, that's all I lived on. It was just like slice, slice ham and my steps and my steps pasta and a wee side of chips. That was my dinner for like two years. It was still literally. got a tin of it, actually. Love, in fact, Sarah, love you more. Um, I think it was a good, especially with the video, it was a brilliant treat because we knew, we possibly learnt the dance routine to a song that nobody else had heard or a dance routine that nope. So while you're out playing with your friends and you're like, what would I learn? And they're like, where's that from? Never heard it before. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Buy the album, buy the video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> buy everything, Steps. <laughs> And I think it was also a good track to kind of test where Steps could go on that first album because obviously it was, so. it was guided towards a certain, you know, genre of people or an age group. And then I think having Love You More, although it was quite a poppy version compared to obviously the original, I think they were like testing how clubby can we get with Steps. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. I mean, there were some hit and misses on yeah. the album. I'm Massively. Going to it. Um, but Love You More yeah. is obviously, it seems to be our favourite. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, it's not my favourite on the album. It's not my favourite on the album. What's your favourite? One for Sorrow. Massively so. It's, mm -hmm. It is by far the best song that they ever did originally. Mm -hmm. And do you prefer the, the original single mix or the remix that came later for US market? Uh, oh, the, oh, now it depends what mood I'm in. If uh, I want, because I'm a massive Claire fan uh, over all of them. If I want to just listen to, I, I would have put a solo version on her album because that her, her vocals on that track are just outstanding. I know uh, they're absolutely I amazing. Mean, when when I first heard it, I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> Who is this woman? That's not Steps. Who's that? Because they're so blended in together in the first two singles. You don't get to hear a standout vocal. But then when, mm -hmm. Claire, when Claire lays those, when she slays that track completely. But then it depends if you want to have a full-on dance or if you just want to be really lazy to which version. I mean, fr to. from what I remember, they really promoted One for Sorrow, didn't they? On TV, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah it and it got everywhere. to number two. It got to number two. I'd love to know who beat them out, because it should have to number if, one. If you tolerate this, then your children will be next by the Manic Street Preachers. Ah. And that's there the reason Step One didn't make it to number one as well. And yet, complete <laughs> chalk and cheese there, really. Complete chalk know, and cheese. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah, because that really was the, the era where more pop music was kind of coming in and it was a lot more uh, manufactured, some people would say, but... It was. You know, <laughs> it was, was pretty good. Um, we've talked about the music. What, what do we think of the cover? Does the cover catch your eye? Back in the day, it was exciting. It was. Because it was it more was. than one person on an album cover, for a start. Um, it was... Although it was white, it was still very colourful. 
And I think the the fact that they're pulling the different faces on the upside down version, I think that kind of decided the way in which you put that CD, that cover, that cover in your album case. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was quite cool and very, very, very novel idea. I was today years old when I realised I've never put it upside down in an album cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, I know what you mean. No, I, th- I thought it, it really did stand out. And I think it was nice that they did a nod back with the Tears on the Dance Floor album. Definitely. Um, as, as they mentioned, they're in a different order, but we'll, we'll skip past that. It's nice that they've kind of taken it back to go forward. Yeah. And I think that's what, as soon as Steps fans or anyone saw the Tears on the Dance Floor album cover, we thought, oh, you thought step one, that's such a good nod back. So, yeah, I like the album cover. Yeah, very recognisable. You can If you go through a charity shop, I don't know if anybody does, it's literally there and you're like, yeah, that's a Steps album. Before You don't even have to look at anything else. Steps yeah, in a charity shop? It, it happens, I'm afraid. It happens. <laughs> it did. I had a really big frenzy once. I went into my granny's pal's charity shop and there was there's literally like, I don't know what she did. I thought she did it for me because she knew I was a massive state fan, but there was literally just a whole like um, wardrobe cabinet thing of just pure state stuff, CDs, <laughs> DVDs, books, and I think I cleared out nearly the whole shelf i bought cds i didn't have i bought books i think i I think someone would have been very upset with the breakup in in the 2000s so i think i I don't want any of this anymore (laughs) when they did break up i was absolutely in tears yeah it felt like end of the world to me it was i agree six year old listening to it's the way you make me feel and my man dad came up and said, son, have you heard the sad news? Steps broke up. I was like, shut up. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. It's rumours. They've just done a concert. Colourful language on the on Boxing Day. Very colourful language. <laughs> the mine went on for quite it's... a while because obviously it was, it was upsetting um, when they split up. And then obviously later that year they released um, The Last Dance and they had the overture. Loved the it. Start. Loved and I was it. at college at the time doing performing arts. So you can imagine how dramatic we were as a group of 20. And I remember coming in and oh, they, they played this overture from the album and they just all remained quiet whilst I sat down. It was hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. But they were like, Chris, are you okay? And I'm like, I'll get over it soon. Just give me some time. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was, it was I was a wee bit crushed. Christmas came. Um, my mom got me the Steps Buzz video because that came out and it was weird they, that came out and then I got the Steps Gold album for Christmas. Then the year after that, they did the Steps Gold tour and my mum was like, oh son, Merry Christmas, I got you the new Steps album, which was The Last Dance. And then the next morning I found out they, they broke up. I said, no, they haven't. They haven't. <laughs> they just brought out a new album and yeah. I watched the news that following night and I was in tears, absolute in tears. Looking back at it now, I think that split was probably at the best time because I don't think they could have went any further. If they had no. carried on, um, they had gone onward, it would have just fizzled out. Massively. I think if we didn't have that split, they couldn't have come back. I know all bands come back eventually, but it formed a part of the story to get them back again and that's kind of what launched them back into the public face for the new era so it needed to happen because we we needed another you another me and never or now it had to happen (laughs) we needed those
there were a lot of bands in that era that that split up i think it was just kind of the changing tides musically massively so yeah i'm loving this conversation by the way the back and forth the fact is i mean we we should let the list we should listen we let the listeners know really that none of you have ever met before never No, no, never. No, never met. And yet never. you're you're completely, you know, you're talking as though you've all known each other for years because Steps is quite a... Um, a family. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. A community. Steps definitely really. brings it all yeah, together. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. And um, like you say, if they hadn't split up, we wouldn't have had Scared of the Dark, which I have to say was, was amazing because it was like this throwback, but modern, you know. It was... Oh. I don't know. It was amazing. It, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was. I yeah. was. Wow. Oh my god! First heard it. I was like, "Wait, mum, they're going back on tour. I want to go and see them. I need to see them in an arena. They've announced a tour. I don't have money, but I want a meet and greet." My mum said, "How much is the meet and greet?" I said, "It's three hundred pound. Or when you're getting a signed album, a chance to meet them, a photo of them, and a signed program." I was like, "Mum, please." I want three hundred pound. I will do anything. I will, I will clean the house. I will babysit the wings. You could go out and get drunk for all I care. Please let me see steps. I'll do anything. So the tickets went on sale. My man said, "I've egos and I can't argue with you anymore." Yeah, yeah, three hundred pound. Get it in your bank. <laughs> see, I've got to save up for at least six months before an album campaign comes out because you know exactly. there's going to be an album, there's going to be a DVD, there's going to be a tour, there's going to be merchandise. So I'm like, okay, save now and then project in six months' time, my bank balance is going to just dwindle. Dwindle. Um, yeah. but I don't mind. I don't mind. I think we're all like, yeah, take my money. It's fine. I actually did no bad for the tour. I actually did no bad for the party on the Danfall tour. I saved up £250 and I came back with 70 which was actually quite good for me. Which mm-hmm. was actually quite good for me. My mum said, I'm quite proud, son, that you've saved up that money. Go out, enjoy yourself, let your hair do. See, I, I was I was lucky to get to the concert in the first place mm-hmm. uh, because I was a student, uh, a uni student at times. So <laughs> yeah, I had debts racking up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was pretty good that I even made it to that concert. Yeah, I love I love the tours because I think the first thing I think of, apart from what songs they're going to sing, is what's going to be at the merchandise stall. And then I see all the pictures. And I remember for the ultimate tour, um, I remember obviously queuing up and people going, oh, can I have a key ring and a poster? And I got to the front and went, right, okay, let's Hoodie. start. T-shirt, T-shirt, hoodie, poster, <laughs> key ring, everything. And they're like, are you sure you want all this? And they're like, this is so many hundreds of pounds. I'm like, yep, that's fine. Here's my card. Take it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Uh, did anybody go to the theatre tour from Step One album? Too young, too young. No, no, yeah, I, 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 I did. <laughs> I was lucky. <laughs> what was it like? Uh, it was very, very, very. It was massively different from anything like the next step. It was just, from what I remember, it was very basic. Uh, obviously, I saw it at the Apollo, mm. and it's quite grand. And it actually mm. made the Apollo look really cheap and tacky. Um, Paul, can I ask? Paul, can I ask? Was it more like a showcase of stuff? More or less, yes, yeah. I can, I can yeah. imagine because I have seen a couple clips on YouTube because I was only two. I was only two years old. A Disney medley as well. Yep. And I'll I'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. Friend, the friends track. Yeah. 
Oh. It was quite fun. It was quite fun. I think a lot of pop bands sort of do sort of medleys and covers. It's certainly become more of a thing now. Yeah. They've got to do. They've got such a huge back catalogue. How do you decide which tracks you're actually going to perform? I know. Which is, which is great in for those now. two hours. Yeah. But back in the day, probably when they did that, because I, I didn't go to see that first tour because obviously I was still getting, you know, a fay with them and kind of knowing about them. And uh, when I did see the, the tracks, I thought, oh, OK, so they're putting that in to kind of reach out to that demographic. Uh, they're putting that in. They've left out track seven off the album. Brilliant. See, I, I, am, I am a fan of track seven, experienced. I am, I am a fan. But I think it's just, I think it's because H is singing it that it's track seven. Um, but what I feel missing is the only time you hear Lee on the album is in five, six, seven, eight. You don't hear him anywhere else. He's so blended far back in the background. Why couldn't he have sung any of those two songs? See, my issue with experience, I can't believe I just said the uh, song title, I always call it track seven. But um, obviously, I was saying earlier on about, you know, what that album, who's it going out to? You know, what is the audience? And I think step songs over time, you know, they've mentioned it. The, the lyrics are very bittersweet, but we've like obviously a club track in it. Yeah, yeah. Experience is just so blatant as the, what the message <laughs> is. And as a, you know, if you were two years old, if you were five, eight, 13, whatever age, it's just the wrong song to put on yeah, that album. That, yeah. And yeah, there have been so many other better songs to be chosen for H if he was going to have that solo song on there. Then that one, yeah, no, it's just, just the wrong message, I think. And that's why I can't, I can't, <laughs> it goes track right. six to track nine. I, I get it yeah. because uh, I was listening to the album with my wife the other day and she, that track came on and she was like, these lyrics what's what is that about um you know considering it was predominantly kids that were that were listening to this yeah. music i listen to it i do listen to it more now as an adult who's, who's married to a woman 10 years older than me i um i do listen to it now i don't skip it now but back in the day from after uh, this heart will love again it's the album just got a bit for me i don't know about anybody else and then on back back to you comes on claire sounds like she's got cold um and, and then love you more comes on and it's like okay back again well i agree <laughs> what you say it's almost as if they went okay so we, we've heard claire we've heard faye we've had lisa oh hang on, we've got h and lee we need to stick them somewhere yeah they have put to a mouth vocal out yeah. there but pick what? the most awful song for them to do it on yeah um and then <laughs> don't don't listen play lee in the track at all I'm sorry, I have a bit of a thing about that album. It's like, why did you only hear Lee in 5, 6, 7, 8 and then never again? But, Lee, <laughs> but Lee's never really heard much anywhere. No, he isn't. Any CDs. The only time you really hear Lee is when you go and see them live. That's when you really yeah. get his vocals out. And to be honest, I actually really like Lee's voice. I find it really hot and manly and just, oh, just pure, pure pure gritty i just i found it really empowering that he gets to actually sing when they're doing the tours yeah. i think he's got a phenomenal voice it's getting better in yeah. the albums yeah. as well it, uh, i'd agree yeah. i think it's got stronger over time and i but i think if you go back to step one spectacular even buzz and took out lee's vocals then it would make the sound of it a little bit different um just the a little bit. Yeah, yeah massively massively so we've been talking about step one here. Do we think it's like the definitive steps album or Not part of a, a whole no. Um, no. the whole package? No. If we are gonna talk about the whole package, I think when 
step tackler came out, I think that's when they kind of like, oh my god, this is the next big thing. Where are they going to go next? Kind of thing. But I think with step one, I think that was just the base of what they could be and what they are now. Yeah, just look at what we're thinking about doing. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. spectacular was there was like the big launch. There was so many singles. In fact, I thought. You know how many more singles are they going to release from one out album? This album? But I they were all that. fantastic, and I think Spectacular really was the album of Steps. I like to call it Phase One yeah. um, because, like you say, Step One was the introduction to Steps. Spectacular was what they were about, and then Buzz got a little bit too experimental, a little bit far fetched in times. So I think that was kind of the t- highlight. I wouldn't change a thing about Buzz. I love Buzz. Absolutely love it. But like you say, it was experimental, massively so, but I wouldn't change it anyway. No. Oh, because it was a lot more clubby. It was a lot more clubby, the Buzz album. The instrumentals were a lot experimental and grown up. It moved it completely away from the PWL of Step 1, but also kept that what Steps were about kind of thing but how far can we push it in a different direction for what would have been after the greatest it's a, a whole new phase well i love it because every time every time like a band brings out a new album especially like a pop group like steps it's always yes this album's going to sound more grown up more mature <laughs> and um you know i think we got that from buzz it's like yeah but you're still steps in, in yourself you're still going to have a dance yeah. routine okay you've moved away from all the colors maybe yeah. but you're still you're still steps that we all know yeah I think Buzz would have been better as a Now album. Not really. Kept the cheesiness like in the 90s and Buzz, because it was more grown up. Yeah, but the 2000s, they were grown up, weren't they? I mean, A1 grow beards and (laughs) Boys Own got dreads and Take That were no more and... But they were all scraggly looking at the early two. You know what I mean? I think it 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 need they needed to have that grown up album to appear to the teenagers to keep the fans that were there from the younger the earlier years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You had you had like the you know like Backstreet Boys like you said and and NSYNC and that was kind of the sounds that I felt Buzz was going towards. But yeah, definitely. Still at that time, Steps were unique in the fact that. They were the only biggest boy-girl group around. So they're kind of trying to stick in with yeah. that side, but also sticking out as being different. It was quite strange. But I love the album. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like the album. I think Steptacular was stronger. But um, Buzz was definitely was a, a little bit of a departure, I think, away from what they had been. And what were new as? It weren't that as... I, I thought as well, I mean, I think I feel about it now, that they were compared to S Club 7 a lot back in the day. Yeah. It was Steps yeah. and S Club 7. For me, it was either Steps or S Club 7. I can't stand S Club 7. They drive yeah, me I... insane. But I think back in the day, there was that thing. And with S Club 7 being so cheesy and constant in cheese, I feel like Steps had to try and move away from that comparison to stop that. And by buzz... There was no, I, I felt there was no more S Club 6. Well, there were, it was S Club 6 then, wasn't it? I presume, I think. Um, I, but, I think Paul you know left. What I, mean? yeah. but then... I, feel, I feel like they needed to have that album that would break them away from what S Club 7 were continuing to be. McDonald's kiddie party music. <laughs> 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 Sorry. That was my job at the time. 
<laughs> I actually had the McDonald's birthday party. It was absolutely amazing. I think it was for my 10th birthday. I had a McDonald's party and I had all my primary school pals. It was quite fun. That's quite funny, actually, because we got an album as a party entertainer for McDonald's. We got a Tweenies album, and <gasps> we're going to have a party. Was party on it. was on it. I actually, have it. I actually have it somewhere because I kept it as, as oh my part God. of my job history. But yeah, I think Paul, I you're my new album. friend. <laughs> Paul, you're my new friend. Tweenies Friends Forever album was probably, it was quite good, the album. It was yeah, it, was, it wasn't when you'd heard it so many times, because I used to do, like, I worked in four, five restaurants at the time, just doing kids' parties on a weekend, so it was like 15 times a week just listening to the Tweenies album, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... it's, it's actually quite funny you mention that, because my first ever concert was the Tweenies as a kid, <laughs> and they actually did that song live. They did that and tragedy. The actual performed tragedy. It was quite funny. I mean, I, I wasn't lucky enough to see this. Um, I don't know whether... <laughs> I, I can't... I'm glad that I'm, I can remember Steps doing tragedy, not the Tweenies. Let's just put yeah, it that way. Let's, let's not scar those thoughts, but I'm sure it was wonderful. It was. It was. Yeah. We'll, we'll draw it to a close, but first from each of you, uh, from this step one album which track like if you had to recommend a track from it which one would you recommend other than a single uh just just any track off the album regardless of if it was a single or not love you more i second that love you more i thought that and i'm gonna do it all in yeah love you more definitely yeah definitely well there we are we've definitely decided the best track on that album is is love you more fantastic yeah well thank you guys for for talking today it's been amazing i know i've I've just kind of sat back and watched the 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 fandom at large i find it amazing um seeing the recognition of of fandom it's it's amazing isn't it definitely yeah Yeah, once you get us started we we don't stop yeah i think we we all (laughs) are in agreement for everything and uh i think i think the great thing is because of it because we've all been on a journey no matter where you joined the steps fandom whether you were a baby when they they first come out at whatever age you kind of catch up and then you kind of can talk about everything and and it doesn't matter how old you are you can just enjoy the music and talk about it and so that's why when you're uh, doing a little uh, podcast with Steps fans, then we've definitely got a lot to say. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And yeah. the one definitely. thing I've learned is that next time I need to bring an S Club Seven fan into the uh, into the oh, mix. No, oh no, 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 no! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll bring it on. Steps fans will win. Of course they will. <laughs> I don't even I don't even think I know an S Club Seven fan these days. You know what? When whenever I ask like people on Facebook and things, are you Steps or S Club Seven? Most people say S Club Seven, and I'm like, oh, there's going to be an argument here. That's because they actually meant to say Steps. They just got the songs confused and the bands confused. That if they yeah. said S Club Seven, they meant Steps. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody on Facebook knows I'm a huge Steps fan. So, do you remember when you first got the album? Yes. Yeah. No. Do you not? Oh God, it was amazing because I feel you you had those two extra songs, didn't you? When 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 all of it were released, when, yeah. do you know when the album released, you had you had all these songs to learn. Well, what's going to be a single? And I thought that was exciting because I, when I one solo came out and then the album and then it was heartbeat tragedy, wasn't it? yes yeah um so then you had heartbeat to learn and better best forgotten but i always thought that 
Back to You and Love You More would have been those follow-up singles from One for Sorrow. And listening to the album the, for the first time, it was like, oh, what's this? this is amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. You're just getting more and more excited. And I even, yeah. I think, got excited back in the day to seven, eight, and nine, but not anymore. I do skip those now. I the love has gone now. for track seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember I, got, I got the album because I was doing a paper round at the time because, yep, I'm, I'm that old now. Um, and I remember saving up the money for my paper round and going out and getting the album one week and the video that we mentioned earlier on the next week. And I remember listening to step one and, and going, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. What's this song about? Track seven. Move walkman. on from that. And in then stay with me and do your song to finish round. it. Yeah, yeah. Headphones in, 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 on in your, yeah. yeah. CD, <laughs> CD, so it's not skipping. Well, yeah. I've got newspapers in my bag. But um, yeah, love it. Used to love it. Love yeah, that. yeah. I, I yeah. think I got the album. I think it was like a hand-me-down from my sister. I think my sister was the fan. Right, and okay. it wasn't until a few years afterwards that suddenly you go, actually, this is speaking to me. Actually, didn't and... get the CD till late on in life. The first time I got step one was the cassette. I was free. And I, <laughs> about three, I was about three. And my mom got the cassette. I tape. feel so old. <laughs> My mum actually got the, they had all like single faces. So I got Claire because she was my favourite as a kid. But as steps kind of gradually came to an end, I kind of found it that Faye was actually my favourite towards the end. Lisa's always been my favourite. The way I see it, I think Claire, Claire's got the voice that stands out. In yeah, the, definitely. I think we can all agree yeah. that. Faye's yeah. got the, got the, also a strong voice but it compliments Claire so well yeah, um Lisa's really very does. good and I love Lisa to bits but she's very good for the middle bits and 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 the the bridge parts yeah and, and also dancing. for her wonderful smiling towards camera that she does in every single video it's exactly the same but um I think it's it's every every one of them make up the elements um there wouldn't be steps without any of no, them that's right oh no definitely not I'm not a Lisa fan at all um I do I'd, I'd I appreciate Lisa in Steps. I've never listened to Never or Now. Um, I'm sorry, but I was never a fan of Lisa. She always used to be too in your face for me. And she tried was, too hard, I felt. Uh, yeah, very much so. She, Yeah, she tried to... I think she was trying to fit into the other girls because exactly. Claire, Claire yeah. got all the attention and Faye complimented Claire. So Lisa needed that to... Yeah, fit in a bit more. It, yeah, it used to it used to drive me insane. I'm afraid. So, I never missed Lisa when Steps broke up. Where, but I never listened to Never or Now. I've now I don't I've don't, I only heard lately. I mean, back in the day, I remember hearing it, but not really paying attention to it because it was Lisa. Because I didn't I never I didn't never found her interesting like the others. I don't know what it I was. I think if she got more more of a looking like more solos than Claire and Faye. I think people would like her more. Yeah, it's not that I don't like her. I, I, I'm, I, I don't like I'm just not a fan of... I'm not even a fan of her voice, to be honest, but it wouldn't be Steps without Lisa Scott Lee. That's my, that's my opinion, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's a good opinion. I think her singles probably would have been a bit bigger if people didn't class her as Lisa from Steps because, you know, she went for yeah. a new image. Um, bear in mind, the whole Steps era from step one right way through, they were still squeaky clean if they grew up a little bit. And when she started releasing the solo songs, I mean, 
lately too far gone they're great songs but i think if one thought oh that's us least from steps yeah we're not going to buy into that and i think it's hard to shake off that that persona that they had and obviously that break in between um obviously you know gold and coming back for for um the, you know the reunion in 2012 i think they needed that to kind of find themselves and then when they came back the second time round, it's almost as if it doesn't matter what persona we are we are a product we are a package we are steps and if you like us great if you don't like us we're still here yeah exactly yeah exactly well there we are we're going to finish on an agreement there um which which you know it seems uh well it's it's wonderful it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you guys um about this album and, and steps in general and hopefully in the future if we talk about another steps album um or maybe something that you all share then um i'd love you all to come back yeah definitely. yeah definitely Brilliant. absolutely yeah no thank you it's been fun thank you thank you once again to the participants of the very first 90s and noughties roundtable. And I had my doubts before I set everything up about whether it was going to work. And then the fandom just took off. And I think you'll agree, it was amazing listening. I loved taking part in it. I've loved listening back to it there. Absolutely wonderful. And if you enjoyed that, there will be more 90s and noughties roundtables um, in the future on various subjects. We've got a five one coming up. There's a take that um, one coming up. There's also one on the TV show Chucklevision. And if you've got any suggestions or maybe there's a group of you and you'd like to get together with me via Zoom and discuss um, whatever it is to do with the 90s and noughties, then please do email 90s and noughties at outlook.com. That's 90s and noughties at Outlook.com. 20 years ago, in the year 2000, I think we could all agree that the world was a vastly different place. It was the year that the Nokia 3310 was released. Now, for those that are used to their smartphone, as am I, about the only things you could do on the Nokia 3310 were texting, calling, and snake. Those were about the only things. So that really showed. And you had to connect to the internet via a modem that made that funny noise, if you remember. It's a very, uh, it's an iconic noise now. It's something that very much belongs to the past. And also in, in the year 2000, the, what could be described as one of the first massive reality TV shows launched, Big Brother. And Big Brother was an amazing thing. It was basically um, several housemates put into a house and they just watched them for for ages basically and even now it looks so quaint because this is the age before love island this is the age before um only ways essex and made in chelsea and all of that stuff this is before all of that and it was a revelation watching ordinary people inside this manufactured 
house. And I was delighted recently to see that E4 were going to do a compilation show called Big Brother Best Shows Ever, presented by Davina McCall, obviously, and Rylan Clark Neal. And for me, personally, it was a wondrous trip down memory lane. Now, I every night, I practically looked on, on Twitter every day just to see what the reaction was. And half were really enjoying it, and the other half were like, where are the Channel 5 shows? Now, it's important to know that they put it on there, I think, because of the current pandemic situation they need fillers for stuff because things aren't being made and it's quite easy to do like compilation shows we've seen it with sports and you know and the like because events haven't been on so they've played things from previous years so that's that's one reason and also because it's the 20th anniversary but of course channel 4 did the first 10 years so whether they asked channel 5 I don't know whether Channel 5 are planning their own celebration. I don't know. But I can say that the Channel 4 best shows ever included just the Channel 4 shows. And I can see why some people would have been upset with that. I can see why they would be disappointed. Because for some people, you know, 20 years is a long time. And some people might have come to an age where they only saw the Channel 5 shows. And actually, I think to some viewers, whether they saw it or not, the early days, say the first two or three series, seemed comparatively boring compared to what they were doing on Channel 5. Well, this thing back in the day was mind-blowing. I remember the first big series of Big Brother where everyone was talking about it every day was series three with the likes of Kate Lawler and, and Jay Goody and Adele Roberts yeah, and Alison Hammond who left really early and people surprised by that that was the first big series for me it was on, it was on the front covers of all the magazines uh, they were sort of all celebrities in their own right this is the first time I'd ever really seen it sure um, some of the contestants from earlier series, the first two, have gained um, a significant amount of fame. Nasty Nick, of course. But I think for I think it's fair to say for different reasons. I mean, uh, seeing that unveiling of Nasty Nick, as we'll call him, and as he was called back in the day, on the best shows ever, the, the show from series one, they quite rightly said... This was the episode that put him on the map. That wondrous, low-key confrontation that seemed like actual human emotion. Humans talking to each other and confronting. And no shouting, no screaming, no theatrics. Just low-key, letting everybody talk. Discussion. And 20 years on, it's very quaint. Yeah, uh, compared to some of the stuff that they're getting away with now, it is extremely quaint, but it really put it on the map. And I realised that some argued that that shouldn't have really been in the best shows ever. But the thing is, everybody's got their own opinion. A show that is spread over several months at a time, sometimes twice a year, there were so many 
series, so many episodes, that it was impossible in a two-week period to have every great episode. I mean, I would make the argument that they perhaps had too many celebrity episodes. There were too many. It was nice to see George Galloway be the cat once more. That is a classic moment. But was it relevant for best shows ever? I'd also argue that some of the selections, uh, however they were chosen, really, um, whether legal or personal choice or, or whatever, I would argue that they were just based on one particular moment. But I think Big Brother was like that. There were so many episodes and the way that it kind of worked, there was always sort of one moment per episode that was great. And occasionally you got two or three or, or just minor ones. And so I, I do think that uh, they always had a difficult job when picking these shows. There was always going to be that difficult dilemma of which ones are we going to do. And I know that Rylan and Davina have said that they had to pick um, ones that, that were allowed to be shown, really. They didn't have... They, there were loads they would have wanted to have shown, but they could only show certain ones, really. Some of the choices. I would have been interested to know the ones they couldn't show and why, because obviously we have to think that this is a 20-year period we're talking about, and even up to 10 years ago, there's some stuff in those episodes that just wouldn't fly today. And... I did notice there were some edits going on and there was going to be, whether that was because of um, maybe lack of relevance in a one-time out-of-context deal or perhaps something was said that isn't great by today's standards or maybe they just wanted to cut because they wanted more time to chat to a guest, which was was also interesting. It was interesting to catch up with all those housemates um, from yesteryear, some of the really memorable ones. And of course, watching these shows, you, you see people that you completely forgot about over the years. I mean, I, I watched Big Brother um, most series. I think there was maybe a couple in the middle that I missed, but I saw most and I was a fan. And I do believe that... It probably wouldn't work now. I think we can agree that, can't we? I mean, it was wonderful. It was great to see the show as it was then, 10, 15, 20 years ago, before the whole culture just absolutely exploded into the stratosphere. And now it's kind of morphed in, and, I, and I, it's morphed into something else. And I think Big Brother... Um, is a little bit of a relic from yesteryear. And I realise this podcast is all about reminiscing about yesteryear, but I think we can agree that there are some things that perhaps don't stand the, stand up to the test of time. Certainly not if you tried to make it now. It was great because it was then, and it was that moment in time. I'd completely forgotten about the Helen and Paul uh, love affair of, of series two. There are elements of that now that would be deemed unacceptable. She would be trolled for for various things. Um, but then it was a completely different matter. 
You know, it was, I, I don't know whether you could say it was a more innocent age or what it was, but I just found the whole thing utterly fascinating. What did you think? Were you a fan of Big Brother back in the day? Were you a fan? Did you have a favourite housemate? And was there an episode where you remember, not necessarily from the compilations that have just played out, but from back in the day where more than one great thing happened? And lastly, um, did you enjoy Big Brother Best Shows Ever with Rylan and Davina? Did it live up to your hopes? Did you think, like me, that it was nice to just relive something that actually isn't coming back? Not really, not in the same way as it did then. Um, yeah, I realise I've gone over a very long rambly trail here, but this is because I want to take some time to kind of appreciate some stuff just by myself, really, as well as the roundtables. And if you've got any subjects or anything you'd like me to review, then please do get in contact with me and um, and I'll take a look because I didn't see everything back in the day. You know, so there might be something you're introducing me to that's right now. Um, you, you know, so that that's that's right now for me, that's brand new so yeah that was big brother best shows ever and if i was to give it a rating i would say personally four out of five i personally enjoyed the nostalgic trip down memory lane and hopefully you did as well so before we end this episode of the 90s and noughties podcast i thought that i would lay out what's ahead um, in the coming weeks. So next week on the next edition, I will be talking to Simon Parkin about his years working at Children's BBC during the broom cupboard era and all the things that he's done since. And then after that, I'm talking to Guy Lambert, former TV producer, about his years working at CBBC in the mid-2000s. And uh, that's next week. And then the week after will be a roundtable. And I'm not sure which one it is yet, because I have recorded several in advance. And depending on what happens uh, i don't like to choose too far ahead i did advertise in advance which one it was but we'll have to see what happens because at the moment we're kind of the the podcast is evolving based on on uh, what happens over the next few weeks so please do keep an eye on that and um keep in contact with the podcast as well yeah well, I suppose it's time for me to say thank you very much for listening to the 90s and Noughties UK podcast, a podcast focused on UK pop culture of the 90s and 2000s. This has been Jamie Dyer. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email 90s and Noughties at outlook.com that's 90s and Noughties at outlook.com you can tweet 90s and Noughties UK on Twitter or you can go to the Facebook page which is just simply 90s and Noughties UK 
Yes, indeed. Suggest subjects for further roundtables, further subjects and more. This is Jamie Dyer. Thank you once again and bye-bye for now.